Hello, this is Derek Ray, and you're listening to Bavarian Podcast Works. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bavarian Podcast Works Show. It is Jake Fenner. I'm joined by Tom Adams. I'm sorry for not putting out a podcast for a while. Um, Long story short, uh, not this last week, but the week before, I was incredibly sick. I thought I had COVID, and I wasn't really up for... Uh, recording an episode, but thank God I do not have COVID. I am fine. I tested negative. And then this last week, we all had a bunch of scheduling conflicts. And with Thanksgiving in the middle of all of it, it wasn't really uh, the best time to make an episode. But we're here now. We are going to be talking about Stuttgart and then looking forward to the game against Atletico Madrid on Tuesday. So, Tom, are you ready to get into this? I am ready. Let's do it. All right. So, 3-1 3-1 win for Bayern versus Stuttgart on the weekend. Uh, Tangi Kulabali starts off in the 20th minute with a goal for Stuttgart. And honestly, that was a fantastic goal. That was a beautiful low ball crossed in. Uh, Bayern's defense has been incredibly poor, as we've talked about over the past couple of games. And I'll just say this. It's incredibly poor from our standards, right? From the standards of a club that is trying to repeat as... Uh, Champions League winners, the defense hasn't been great in terms of that. We will get to the defense later. I know it's a bit of something that we've been hammering to death, but sometimes when you win but there are bad parts of a team, those bad parts stick out more than others. And that's not to say that they are bad. It's just that they've been performing poorly. Everybody knows what I mean, and I love this team. Anyways, uh, 37th minute, Kingsley Coman... Arguably the second most informed player for Bayern behind Lewandowski, maybe third behind Thomas Müller. Uh, he cuts in off of the left. He hits a low curler with his right foot. It swings out to in on the left post, 1-1 tie. It's broken right before the half with a thunderball from Lewandowski at the top of the box. 45th minute, 2-1 at halftime. 68th minute. We will talk about injuries later, but an injured player comes off the field and Tangi Nianzu comes on for his Bayern Munich debut at center back. A great debut for the young Frenchman. Uh, 87th minute, Diego Costa. I'm sorry, Douglas Costa, not Diego Costa. I was very wrong. Douglas Costa, after having a pretty bad game for being a substitute in the 68th minute, he cuts in from the right and kind of does a Iron Robin-esque goal, curling the ball with his left foot. Uh, and that's where things ended. Final score of 3-1. So instead of just asking you what you thought of the game, I'm just going to jump right into the questions. All right. Four injuries this game. We will talk about the injuries on the back line in a little bit, but Corentin Tolisso came off with an injury. It's a slight injury. All four of the people that were injured are expected to be healthy soon enough to play 
the game on Saturday, if not the Champions League game on Tuesday. But let's talk about Corentin Tolisso specifically. People that have listened to the pod before know that I love Corentin Tolisso and I want him to do well for this team. But he has not been playing too well with Bayern. It's uh, been argued, at least in the Slack channels of uh, of Bavarian Football Works, uh, by a couple of people that... Uh, Tolisso might be better served for the rest of his career by getting a new start somewhere else where he's getting consistent playing time. Whether that's what he needs or not, it's not... I don't think there's enough of an opinion on him yet because his first season was kind of short. He didn't play a lot. His second season, uh, after winning the World Cup, he got injured. And then this season's gotten off to a slow start in midfield. He's had to compete with... uh, Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goreska for playing time, but now with Kimmich injured, he's kind of been thrown into the fire, and he hasn't responded the best. So, do you think, Tom, that Hansi Flick would be better served by making a change and starting somebody other than Corentin Tolisso? And if so, who do you think it should be? Well, especially... Jake, I know we were sat here a few weeks ago on this podcast episode, and I personally said, you know, I know that Tolisso has those Atletico uh, Madrid performances in him, and referring to the first time we played them in the Champions League this season, I thought that was his best performance in a in a great while for Bayern Munich, and the injury for him just came at such an inopportune time. You know, he wants to be in and around the French national team camp every time he can. He was called up by Didier Deschamps, got the injury at the, the French camp had to withdraw early. Hansi Flick was very conservative about when he wanted to bring him back into the lineup as to not aggravate the injury. So personally for me, I thought I just think the injury came at a terrible time for him. Right off the top of my head, I'm thinking Mark Roca, but I know we're all going to reference the yellow the two yellow cards that he got uh, against RB Salzburg. I thought, honestly, he didn't put a foot wrong other than uh, making those two rash challenges. I thought his passes were very accurate. I thought he distributed very well. I thought he was a solid presence, and I'm very excited to see how well Mark Roca would develop. And So obviously that red card only applies to the Champions League, so I would love to see him step in and get some solid minutes uh, in the Bundesliga, even though we really haven't seen that yet. Um, and I think Tolisso, when he does recover from his injury, as we reported earlier today, on our website, none of the injuries from the, the Stuttgart match appear to be anything too serious. Uh, I'm assuming Tolisso probably has only a, a grade one, maybe a grade two strain in his hamstring, so he shouldn't be out for too, too long. And I really still back him. I think he can be a, a big focal point for this team, especially realizing that Kimmich is going to be out still for quite some time. So when Tolisso is back fit, uh, you know he's going to be in contention to be that starting main man alongside Leon Goretzka and that double midfield pivot. And I guess it's just a little bit biased because I, I like him a lot and I feel he's had terrible luck with injuries, but uh, I would love to see him come right back into the starting lineup. I don't think necessarily we have to dip into the transfer market uh, this winter, but you know that's why Hansi Flick is Hansi Flick. He makes those decisions. That's just how I feel about it. I think if I was Hansi, I would go into this game considering uh, starting Javi Martinez because... I, I really don't think Tolisso, uh, whether it's a bunch of fixtures stacked on top of each other, which I guess is another thing that we should give Tolisso some of the benefit of the doubt for. Ever since he 
stepped in to replace Yoshua Kimmich, he's played in a lot of games, and a lot of them have been successive. He's been training with the team. He's often come off of the bench as a substitute. So a lot of those games have been coming back to back to back to back. So many English weeks for all of the teams that are competing in the top flights of Europe. That This isn't a regular season, right? So I think that we should judge him based on a fully healthy full season. And... Let's hope that that comes next year. But if it comes next year and then he doesn't perform to a high standard, then sure, maybe he might need to go somewhere else. But I think it's unfair to go ahead and judge him now based on this season, specifically towards this game. Javi hasn't gotten a lot of run this year. The time that he really did get some run was in the UEFA Super Cup match against Sevilla. He performed pretty well in that game. Uh, I wouldn't put it past Hansi to look to him. And not to mention, Javi's the person that could come on for 55, 65 minutes, and then you can swap him for Tolisso and play Tolisso for a couple of minutes, finish out the rest of the game, things are fine. In terms of buying a midfielder in the transfer window, I don't think it's going to happen in January, but... If it were to happen, there's one man that I would want to get. He plays on a team in our uh, in our group, and I was kind of shocked that we didn't have any rumors surrounding him, considering that he is an Eastern European talent, and Bayern are one to pick up on those Central and Eastern European talents. But I'm glad the rumors have started to percolate that Dominic Shaboshlai is one of the targets for Bayern, at least in terms of being a younger player that they are hoping to bring in in a couple of years. And I will just say this, if we passed up on Kai Havertz, we should absolutely not pass up on Dominic Shaboshlai, especially because... He's younger than Havertz was. He won't demand nearly as high of a price tag as Havertz will. And I I think it's a good gamble. I think it would be a pretty good gamble. In my mind, Bayern needs, for the first time in a long time, Bayern actually needs another player in the midfield considering injuries and all. I think Shaboshlai should have a good long look from this Bayern board. Um... Now moving on to another area which might need to be addressed, the back line. Uh, Of the injuries, you could argue that Javi could be a center back. So with that argument, I'm going to say three of the four injuries that happened over the weekend were to defenders. Javi, as I mentioned, Uh, Jerome Boateng, and Luca Hernandez as well. This back line really has not inspired confidence. I... Don't know why uh, Hansi continued to start Luca Hernandez at left back over Alfonso Davies when Fonzi was healthy. Uh, now he's kind of forced to start Luca. The two center backs, however, Jerome and David Alaba, they haven't been consistent enough. They haven't. They've been prone to gaffes and. To me, I think one player is absolutely leaving. I think it's Boateng. I really think this is his last season at Bayern. I said that at the end of last season, and I really feel like what happened with Boateng last season was a miracle. And I think that every year 
after this miracle season, he's going to slope off. Uh, Alaba might also be gone. So I think it might be a good idea for Bayern to go ahead and look at the transfer window for defenders. Now, I've been rambling a little bit. Tom, do you think Bayern needs to buy somebody for center back in the January transfer window? And who do you think they should go after? Maybe not in the January transfer window or the winter transfer window, but Jake, as you mentioned just a couple seconds ago, between Alaba and Boateng, you know at least one of them is going to be gone by the summer. And if I'm putting my money on it, if I have to do that, I'm saying it's Alaba. I think he's made it very clear to the club that he wants to move on uh, elsewhere uh, to finish out his career. And, you know, perhaps Barcelona, we'll see where he does wind up. Boateng, I kind of agree with you, but it seems with him that the reports on the future of his or the future of his contract at the club, they seems to flip flop every couple of weeks. Uh, but I agree with you. I have my reservations about him because there's just even when you have the five subs, at least for this season, I don't know if we're going to continue that next season. He rarely is able to go a full 90 minutes without picking up some sort of injury, as we saw uh, in Stuttgart and many, many times before last season. So that's definitely an area of concern, but I think it's just going to come down to the fact that Alaba will be leaving. So I do think with some of the funds we'll receive from that transfer, we will dip in uh, for a very top-rate center back in the uh, at least the summer. And uh, Upa Meccano happens to be one of the, the top guys on my list. I know he's also linked with Liverpool, the other team I support, but um, I think he would fit in very, very well at Bayern. And, you know, I would love for him to stay in the Bundesliga and not have you know another one of the, these players go to a different league and not quite make it in the Premier League. Um, cough, cough, you know, Timo Werner, a couple other players that have done so. but And it's it's also the weird situation with Niklas Zula, all of this stuff about Hansi Flick being unhappy with his fitness uh, and, and his weight seemed to kind of come out of nowhere after he was recovering from his, or well, I guess it was a false positive coronavirus, but he still had to quarantine and uh, not train with the squad and, and miss out on, I believe it was two matches. But I personally agree with uh, our very own Chuck Smith's take on that. I, I do think there's some of Flick just wanting to sort of light a fire under Zula, so to speak, and you know demanding more from him. I think he wants him to be more uh, of a leader in this squad, uh, among other things. And I'd be curious to see in the next couple of matches, because he is fit and he's not one of the walking wounded that we have you know if he'll be starting a, a couple of matches in a row and be curious to see how he does and also if he wants to uh, use Nianzu a little bit more I thought he came into a difficult situation against Stuttgart um, you know Stuttgart were really trying to get back into the game at the point that he had come on for the injured Boateng uh, Zula played him a couple of Ray passes or straight passes rather that had him scrambling tough to get a good barometer on what he's going to be like, so it'll take him some time to grow, but the options are there. Uh, it's just whether or not, or it's just deciding how often those backup options are going to be used. Yes, we do need to dip into that now because we have quite a few injuries, particularly to that back line that's been so shaky. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens. So... I was also about to say Dio Upamecano. So you stole mine, Tom, uh, and now I'm scrambling to find a backup option. Um, the first backup option in my mind is a fellow young French center back from Leipzig, Ibrahimo Koinate. Um, 
I think just the one thing looking at this Leipzig squad overall is that they have a an abundance of center backs and right backs and left backs, and they're all trying to file them through as quickly as possible. Uh, and I think Byron should be uh, one of the people to step up and help him. Other than uh, poaching Red Bull for all they are worth, uh, Edmund Tapsoba from Bayer Leverkusen is somebody that I'm looking to. Um, and I will say this on behalf of Chuck Smith, because I know what he would say if he was here in this room. He'd be arguing for uh, youngsters to be coming up, whether it was Lars Lucas Mai or Chris Richards. Um, I think Richards is more of a shout for right back than center back, which is not to say that he can't play center back, but for now, for the foreseeable future, Hansi's going to be using him at right back. And I think he's done okay. Uh, he didn't have the greatest game, uh, against, against Salzburg, uh, in the Champions League, but that doesn't mean that's going to be the same kind of form that he's going to be on for the rest of his time at Bayern, and I, for one, think that he'll probably be able to improve that. Um, but for now, to fix this back line, I really think we should go after Upamecano. I've wanted for Bayern to go after Upamecano for about two transfer windows. I think that he would fit right in to the team. Uh, he's got a high skill set. He's French, so apparently we're now the most French uh, German club out there with uh, Coman and Pavar and Hernandez and Tolisso. So he'll fit right in in terms of that. And uh, Buonasar as well. And Buonasar as well. Um, so I think with all of that, he'd be able to fit right in. Um so that's everybody off the top of my head, and that's where... I would also just add uh, Kaladu Koulibaly, is that how you say his name? Yeah, From Koulibaly. Napoli. He's been linked with uh, making a move away from Italy for quite some time now. I, I know his current contract goes through 23. I just saw this recently on Twitter. I believe it's 23. I think it's been renewed relatively recently, but he's been uh, a hot prospect for uh, Liverpool, for Bayern at points in the past, and I think he should definitely some be somebody that we're looking at. Because I know you mentioned Chuck would be trying to say, you know, Chris Richards, some of the younger guys, maybe some of the guys that are working with Bayern's reserves or are out on loan elsewhere in Germany, whether it's the, the Bundesliga, the two Liga, uh, or the three Liga. But I think the understanding or the assumption would be this is someone that we're getting in anticipation or after the fact of David Alaba leaving the club. So, you know, you can't just replace an Alaba with someone coming up from the the youth system, while it is nice to have that idea, and he was actually one of the last players to come through Bayern's um, you know, youth academy in the reserve system, you would want to ideally replace a top-tier center back with another top-tier center back. Here's my only reason why I'm going to go against Kaladu Koulibaly. It's not because of his play. It's not because he's a bad player at all. I think if Bayern sells Alaba and Boateng, I think Koulibaly wouldn't be the worst shout, but two reasons why. One, his age, he's 29. Two, his price tag, Transfermarkt, has him at a current valuation of 71.5 million U.S. dollars. That's about the range of Virgil van Dijk money. And I don't know if Koulibaly will be able to perform to that standard. I think he probably would. There's no reason for me to think that he wouldn't. But 
I see what Bayern is trying to do. You see it in their moves in their transfer window, and they're not trying to go older. They don't need more veteran presence on their team. They need younger players to develop for the rest of their future. And I don't know if Koulibaly exactly fits that. But we're going to move on uh, to the next part of this where we go over Atletico Madrid. As I mentioned, uh, four players were injured. All of them are expected to be healthy enough to play either Saturday or there have been rumors saying that the team might be able to bring all four of them to Madrid. So that would be incredibly helpful. Atleti currently have a weird predicament going on. They They are currently second in La Liga on 23 points in nine games. That's fantastic. That's a great point pace from them. Uh, outside of that, they are 1-2-1 one, and one in the Champions League, so that doesn't exactly correlate. Uh, one draw, or excuse me, two draws against uh, Lokomotiv and Salzburg, a loss to Bayern Munich, and a win over Salzburg. So those are the team's current numbers. Um, they're... Another fact, they are 6-2-0 and in all of their competitions since they lost 4-0 to Bayern. So, one could argue that they're on the up and up. This is the question that I will really ask for Atleti. Do you think, because Bayern are on 12 points, not only have they advanced already to the knockout stages, they've already won the group. So... With that in mind, with two games to go, this one against Atleti, and then our next one against Lok Moscow, specifically more for the Atleti match because that's the one coming right up, do you think Hansi will start to rotate more players in his squad? There are a lot of people on the bench, right? Richards, as we just mentioned. Mark Rocco when he's not on red cards. Eric Maxim Chupomoting, of course, we need to mention him as well. Do you see Hansi starting that rotation with this match? I 100%. I think there's going to be some rotations. I mean, he has to. Uh, even though he's going to want to win the match and extend Bayern's record in Europe, you know, 15 matches, 15-match uh, win streak, which equals uh, a record best in Europe, and it was actually Atletico Madrid uh, who set that record in the Europa League, but... As you mentioned, the options are there despite the injuries that we have. I would maybe expect him to throw in guys like Musiala. Um, I think he'll probably start Nicolas Zula in this one, giving the uh, injury status to both uh, Boateng, Hernandez, and uh, Javi Martinez, uh, even though uh, three of those guys should be able to go for this one. Uh, I don't know that he would rest Robert Lewandowski. I, As much as I would love to see Chopo Moetang get, get some more minutes and you know have him produce for us and you know uh, score in either the Champions League and the Bundesliga I don't think I can't see Hansi Flick rotating out uh, Lewandowski or really too many people in the attack for that matter maybe starting uh, Sané and, and Costa instead of uh, Coman and Gnabry um, and then the midfield is really what, where it's going to get tricky you know does he want to do the double pivot uh, with Goretzka, Goretzka and Javi if Javi is fit does he want to have Muller sit a little bit deeper? Does he want to have Musiala sit a little bit deeper? Uh, would he maybe even try Tengai Nyanzu uh, in midfield? Because we do know that he can play as a holding midfielder as well. That would perhaps give Goretzka some more license to roam forward. Um, you know, if, if those are the personnel decisions. But 
just to answer the question holistically, Jake, he has to make rotations because we've got a big one next weekend against RB Leipzig, and we cannot afford to make any slip-ups in the, in the Bundesliga if we want to stay on the top of the table. And as you mentioned, we're already through. Uh, we already won the group, Group A in the Champions League. We're going to the knockout stages. Uh, it's a must-win for Atletico Madrid, so they'll be going for it because they can be in danger of slipping down to third in the group if they don't beat us. But it, it, you have to be real. He's going to make rotations because we can't have more injuries popping up uh, ahead of a match against RB Leipzig. Quick scoreline prediction for this Tuesday. I'm going to be bold, and I think he's going to make the rotations, but I, I believe he's going to take what we learned from the 4-0 uh, the first time we met Atletico in the group, and I think we'll still be able to squeeze out a 2-1 win in Madrid. I think 2-1's a good shout. I'm going to go with 2-1 as well to Bayern. Uh, before I take off, before we end this episode, let's quickly run through some fixtures in the Bundesliga elsewhere. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention was those. Uh, Wolfsburg beating Werder Bremen 5-3 in one of the weirdest matches. It was a 3-2 scoreline to Wolfsburg at the half. That was almost seemingly incredibly quickly tied up by Werder Bremen 3-3 in the second half, but uh, Wolfsburg was able to pull through. Moving on to Saturday, Etze Kuhn, fighting relegation, come through with a 2-1 win over Borussia Dortmund at the Westfalenstadion. Fantastic win for the Billy Goats. Good for them to see them pick up those points. They move out of the relegation zone into 15th position. Uh, RB Leipzig win 2-1 at home over Armenia Bielefeld. A 3-3 draw in East Berlin for Union with Eintracht Frankfurt. Another draw, 1-1, Augsburg and Freiburg. Uh, Etze Schalke 04 still keep giving up goals and it's almost to the point where they're giving up hope earlier this week it was just an absolute nightmare for them uh 4-1 loss on saturday to borussia mönchengladbach uh and then sunday was draws a nil nil draw between leverkusen and hertha and a 1-1 draw between hoffenheim and mainz so we will be wrapping this episode up about now uh, this weekend we're playing Erbe Leipzig, who are... Oh, I guess I'll just quickly go over the table. Uh, Schalke and Armenia Bielefeld are in uh, 18th and 17th, respectively, with Mainz in the relegation playoff spot. Um, Wolfsburg are in 5th place, automatic qualification right now for Europa League. Uh, qualification uh, play-ins for Union Berlin in 6th. And then 4-1 to one is Dortmund, Leverkusen, Leipzig, and Bayern München. So, we have a big match coming up this weekend. We will be sure to bring you that coverage. We will give you a Der Ausblick before that one is finished. So, be sure to like, rate, share, subscribe, and download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your quality audio content. Follow us on Twitter at Bavarian FB Works. Follow me on Twitter at Jefferson Fenner. Follow Tom on Twitter at TommyAdam71. And we will keep you updated on everything going into this one. Also, follow us on Twitch TV at Bavarian FIFA Works. We've kicked off Bavarian FIFA Works again. Uh, broadcasting every day at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch, unless 
there is a Bayern game midweek, whereas this week is a Tuesday match, so we probably won't be uh, running a episode on that day because it will cut so close to match time. So be sure to go ahead, give us a follow there, tune in. It'll be fantastic. So until next time where we preview that Leipzig game, uh, we will see you later. Auf Wiedersehen.